You are listening to Find the Outside, the podcast. I'm Tim Merry. And I'm Tuesday Ryan Hart. This week on the podcast, we are getting into building blocks. And so, of course, there is the work we're doing out in the world, right? And we talk about that a lot. And we bring speakers on who work with us. And they talk about how they're working with us and how they're working with issues in the world. And bring our team members in. And then there's also this parallel track of the organization that we're building that allows us to go do that work. And and I think one of the exciting things for me is that so much of what we are seeking to create in the organizations and systems we work with, we're trying to build into the very way that we're set up ourselves we're really trying to like create the dna of the world we want in how we set up our organization and uh, i mean i don't think by any means we're achieving that but it's a valid and valiant attempt would you not say tuesday reinhardt yes i would say we are making a valid and valiant attempt i I like those words that's good thank you yeah. yeah it's always good to have a bit of alliteration early on isn't it i like it so, so we kind of wanted to talk about a few of the things that we're encountering. I mean, like, you know, our work is growing, uh, you know, rapidly and we're having to adjust and build our organization rapidly. We're having to grow out our team. We're having to put in place kind of like legal structures that support our work. Um, and we're having to kind of address and build the principles of the organization upon which both of those things are founded, the team we build and the legal structures that we put in place. So we kind of wanted to bring you a little bit of under the hood and behind the scenes this time into some of what it means not just to work with the systems and structures out in the world, but to be in the process of building one ourselves and, and some of the kind of questions and challenges and excitement that's in that for us. Yeah, absolutely. I was thinking about how um, that idea about we're, we're really reflecting, we're really a fractal of what we're trying to do in the world and how <clears throat> in this period of kind of year turning, right, that, that is always a space of reflection and really putting your mind to where you want to be going forward and how often uh, with our clients, it's like, oh, we're too busy to think about how we want to do. We just got to kind of get it done, right? That pace, that urgency. Right, right. And and thinking about how much you and I could really get there too. We could really, like, it's going so oh, fast Lord, at yeah. the outside. Um, and as as we're in into this new year, um, we could just be swept along by the work, the things that have to be done. And if we don't pause and reflect and think through and and be intentional and then follow that intention through with action, I think we'll just get more of what we're seeking to shift in our clients. And so that's part of why this feels so important. I mean, I think it is interesting and intriguing to us too, um, for sure. Like I, I'm thinking about it a lot. I'm thinking about a lot right now. Who is it that we want to be in the world? Um, and, and how are we going to enact that? And what's my responsibility toward that? Mm-hmm. And I think partially, at least that's because the first 18 months have been a whirlwind. We didn't even know 18 months ago if this was going to be a go. Okay, it's a go, right? And yeah. so um, so then my responsibility as the person and as the partnership that is leading this thing that is going is to make sure it's what I want. And I know that sounds like a no-brainer, but it's so easy just to get caught up in doing good work in the world that that inner reflection for the organization can kind of be left to chance. And so I'm, I'm feeling quite, I actually had this thought over the weekend, like I get a chance to build an organization that I want, yeah. right? Not to just kind of help others build the organizations that they want or to do the work they want to, but like I'm actually in a position with a partner 
who wants the same things to build an organization in this world. And so that just feels kind of exciting to me. And it's worth, wasn't handed to us from anyone, right? Like it's just our creation. And so what right. is it that we want to do? Right. And, you know, and what it kind of gives us is like a great big blank sheet. Yeah. Right. Which is quite intimidating because neither of us are like organizational architects, like our friend Jacob, you know, Jacob Watkins, who was on the podcast with us earlier. I mean, that's literally what he does. He's architect of organ like we're literally from the ground up getting a sense of purpose, building principles, drawing people towards us and then building a structure. Do you know what I mean? Like we don't necessarily have a background in organizational design or anything to kind of make that real, you know? And so I think we we often find ourselves um, asking for things that the professionals are, who are trying to help us do this are like, what? You know? Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. the one that was quite interesting for me recently was when we were sitting down with the lawyers, you know, to try and pull together some contracts, you know, so to how we work with our subcontractors, right? And like, you know, 18 months ago, we just like pulled some contracts off the shelf. Everyone signed up to them because they trusted you and me. Mm -hmm. Do you mm -hmm. know what I mean? Um, but they weren't particularly nice contracts. And basically what they did was protect us, the outside, right. and didn't really protect right. the contractors at all. And that's fairly standard legal practice, right? When our lawyer would draw, right? And so, you know, so various subcontractors of ours were like, um, and I was like, it's cool. It's cool. We're nice people. We're not going to do you over. We just need some legal agreement binding us for this thing, you know? And, um, and, right. and like people sign those on trust. And now we're going into the next iteration. We're really getting to build contracts that reflect our values, you know, and have reflect and, and is reflecting the relationships we're building with our subcontractors. And like one of the things I'm loving about our subcontractor relationships is that all of these people have something going on in their lives that isn't the outside, mm -hmm. right? They're doing, right. they're doing something in the world that they're driving or leading or launching or an integral part of, you know, whether that's Gabriel, who's like a PhD professor teaching out of university scholar in kind of developmental evaluation and prototyping, whether that's summer who's working around kind of like food justice and food sovereignty in St. Croix and across the Caribbean, whether that's Broner who's working um, among many things in Edinburgh around climate justice, but has an enormous amount of kind of like skill and development in complexity science, you know, like these are people who have something going on, but by virtue of their relationship to the outside, right, that it's advancing their ability to do their local work. They're learning things from working with us that advances their ability to do local work. And in the same way, we're benefiting from the leadership that they have in their particular right. sphere of influence and control. And so suddenly it's like, how do we reflect that contractually? Like what does a contract look like that centers right. and protects the relationship between us rather than protects one entity or another? Right. And I think I, I what I would add is while I think that is challenging um, to the folks that we're working with in terms of like the legal piece, um, you know, the attorneys that we're working with. I think the other thing that feels really great is they seem up. Oh, yeah. They say, you know, they're not saying, no, you actually really need to protect yourself. Like we're not getting that kind of line. They're like, you can see the wheels turning and them going, okay, let's figure out how to do that. And so in some ways I feel like we're pushing them and upping their game Buddy. as well. It feels like this is, um, again, something that happens, I hope, 
with everyone we work with that working with us kind of informs their work in such a way that their work gets better and deeper and more nuanced because certainly what they bring back to us um, and, and the work they're doing with us is better and deeper and more nuanced. You know, when we talk about working with um, Summer or Brona or Gabe, right, it's, there's no doubt that how we're impacting them is to, is to deepen their work, but they're doing the same right back to us. And so that's the kind of reciprocity and relationship. You know, it's, it's, it's certainly a feel um, that I want us to have for each other. I want us to like each other. I want to, you know, we'll get into the team and the principles piece. And I actually hope and think that it's making each of our work better um, up to and including the attorneys who are writing a different kind of contract than they've ever mm. written. Yeah. I mean, one of our principles is generosity, right? The principle is we fill the cup to overflowing and look after the people who engage with us, founders, subcontractors, clients, our families, our networks. It is a generous and caring model, not a given till your empty way, but in a well or a spring kind of way. That's literally how our principles are written. <laughs> And like, and like, that's, I think that's what you're pointing to. And it's like, well, how does that actually turn up as a contractual agreement? Right. I mean, it's one thing to say right. that it's one thing to say that, but I think it's right. quite another to kind of like institutionalize it, to legalize it, you know? And I just, I, I find that quite exciting. You know, I do. I yeah, find, I, I, find do that, too. I find that like, oh, okay. Like, yeah. You know, and, and, and the funny thing is like, so do the, so do the lawyers. Like, you know, David, David Nurse, right. who we're working with, is just kind of like, this is really interesting, you know? And then he's like, his eyes kind of light up and he's like, you know what I mean? And so it's, it's like, they genuinely seem excited to be crafting something that feels edgy and growth mindset for them, you know? And there's for sure precedent out there that they're able to go and find. But as sure. legal practitioners, sure. it isn't their general day-to-day -day business that they're being invited to do. So their curiosity is up, their interest is up there, you know? And I love right. that. Do you know, Tim, I wonder if, um, you just mentioned the principles. I'm just thinking out loud. I wonder if it might be worth sharing our principles with yeah. them as they begin to craft this document. I mean, I know we've talked with them and we've talked about, um, you know, making sure relationship is, is, is pro the, the relationship is protected in these documents. Idea. And I wonder if it's just worth like, kind of like, and here, here are the principles yeah. we work from. You need to understand that, you know, um, generosity is one that clarity right. is one you know that we will be in conversation until we find clarity even if the clarity is we don't have yeah. clarity at this <laughs> Which moment is so awesome, yes. right? <laughs> exactly so meta but i just wonder if it would be quite useful you know we've shared those principles with the rest yeah, of the team great idea it feels like maybe as we go into this legal so we're just to be clear we're in two pieces of legal work right now one is um what is the relationship with subcontractors and how can we formalize and institutionalize that. And then we're also looking at what is likely the next, next legal entity for the yeah, outside, right. right? We're probably um, at about the, I think we've gotten tax advice that like how we've done it to now is good. It's probably time to shift right. how we're doing it. And so what's the legal structure for the organization uh, that's doing this kind of work uh, in the multiple different places. And so we're actually in quite a bit of legal work right now, um, including both structure, taxes, those kind of things, which, you know, kind of makes my eyes swim. But I wonder if as we do that, if we could bring in the principles to those folks that we're working with in a meaningful way, I wonder what might be different in the decisions we make and the advice we get from them. I love that idea. Let's do it. Let's send it to them. Great. Because it's kind of like, as we build an organizational form now, we really want to preserve the network nature of it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, even though for sure you, me and Jen are going to be at the core of it and it's, I mean, it's already our full-time work. 
Yeah. You know, but what we don't want to have is we don't want to build out a massive consultancy. Right. You know, so what's the structure that's going to best support a network based organization where we've got a network of practitioners who have their own work, but are giving us somewhere between 25 and 60 percent of their time a year. Right. Right. Depending on the individual. Right. And so it's really, I don't know, the whole thing's kind of fascinating. Like, how do we do, how are we going to do that? How are we going to structure that? Like, we're really trying to figure that out right now and not in a conceptual way, in a legal way, in a structured way. Right. So one of the things we've done recently is we've brought these principles to our team, not necessarily the legal part of our team, but we've brought the principles to our team and just said, hey, look these over. These were principles that were started by Tim and I just about three years ago in Thunder Bay. Uh, yeah. Kind of sitting, sitting, or sitting around, uh, and and reflecting together in a really cold place about what is it that we might want to do in the world. What would be the purpose of that? What would be um, some of the principles that would guide us? Right. So all of the processes we use with clients, uh, we use for ourselves and develop these principles of how we wanted to be as an organization. And so I think it might be worth just naming them for folks so folks know and then i think we could talk a little bit about our team and how we're trying to embody that on our team does that make yeah, sense to it. you so the first one is generosity and tim you know mentioned that just you know not in a give until your empty way but in a well or spring kind of way this idea that we want folks to feel that um when you work with the outside including those of us who are the outside uh, that there is um, the currency is generosity in a lot of ways, right? That you're um, filled up, and that means energetically, but it also means uh, materially. We want people to feel like they're well paid when they work with us. That people don't feel taken advantage of. That it feels like they're getting uh, fair pay, and that we feel like uh, we're paying them not only well, but in a way that honors their contribution and also honors um, what we're bringing as the outside, right? So it's like a, it's a, it's a. Uh, we, we expect our contractors, I think, and hope our contractors are generous with us and their gifts and ideas and their time, and we'll be generous to them in the same way. So the other one we have is love, right? And like, you know, we thought a lot about putting that word in because, do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. and, and like the principle really here is that the success of what we do depends upon the relationships we have with our families, our friends, our loved ones, our subcontractors. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, when we talk about protecting the relationship, right? right? We're protecting this relationship because we care about these people and we care about each other and we really care about the work. This isn't just like, we love our work. Mm -hmm. We love what we're getting to do. We love the people we're getting to do it with, right? Yeah. And so all of that is a consideration. Right. As we kind of make decisions for the organization and we make this, you know, decisions for the people involved, we're not just thinking about the people, we're thinking about the people that those people work mm -hmm, with, mm -hmm. live with, organize around, are related to the other things that they love in their lives. You know, how are we making space for that? You know, and um, and so I think there is I think there is a principle of love. There is a principle of like open heartedness of being in as we do very meaningful, very demanding, very rigorous, very practical work that we actually don't lose the sense of care and love at the heart of that. Because in many ways, that's often what can sustain you and everything else feels like it's overwhelming and almost impossible. That's right. Uh, I think it was last week or the week before. It was the week before, I think. You were sick. I was sick. Jen was sick. And Jen's kid was sick. Oh, like God, all yeah. within the space that's of right. uh, four or five days. Like we just, and you know, like we're, 
where what makes the organization run the three of us and you know usually one person's out the other two will handle it if two people out that per, that one person will step up but all three of us were kind of out and Jen sent us a text you know explaining kind of what was happening for her and and, and I I just wrote back like look we're all doing the best we can yeah. we all have families and bodies and what will get done will get done and what won't like it, it's not it's okay like there was just something about like I wanted to I wanted to love her. I wanted to care for her like very explicitly, like actually don't worry. Don't like we, we have this, even though all of us are down and we actually may not have the actual work, but we have each other. And so like, that's what you can lean into here. Um, and so I think that shows up all, over and over and over again. And, and another one of our folks, Summer and I had a conversation recently and you know, she said it was such a beautiful reflection. She said, you all talk about relationship. And she said, I'm, I actually feel kindness from the outside. She's like, I feel like it's a kind group of people to work with. And I was like, oh, that's, that's what we're trying to do. That's, I mean, like, there's no doubt it's going to be good work in the world. I guess for me, you know, one of the things we don't have on here is a principle is like confidence. I feel like it's like, we're assuming everyone's going to work hard. Everyone wants to do this good work. Right. And so like how, but how we do it is so important. I think for a long time, I didn't quite understand that professionality that high levels of be, of like professional behavior, you're talking about competence. I think mm -hmm. everybody has competence. Well, I actually think everyone on our team is highly professional. They present mm -hmm. very professionally, you know, and can handle situations in very professional ways, you know, yeah. but they're not like losing their shit and freaking out. And do you know what I mean? Right. Like the, the people very, very, these are very competent professional people. Mm -hmm. you know? And I think for a long time, I didn't realize that that could coexist with love and kindness. Do you know uh, what I mean? Yeah. It was kind of like when I was in therapy one time and, and I remember having this epiphany when I was working with Robert and, and, uh, and me being like, wait a minute, you're saying that anxiety, like extreme anxiety and extreme confidence can coexist in one person. Mm. Mm. <laughs> and he was like, uh, yeah. And I was like, I always thought I was broken, but you're telling me. <laughs> that those two things can coexist, you know? And it's, and it's, and it's, I think that's the amazing thing is like, it's like, yeah, high levels of competence, high levels of professionality and love and care yeah. and kindness, yeah. all of it. Let's do it. Or let's at least try. Yeah. You know? I love it. I just really appreciate that we named that explicitly and we didn't back down from that word. So our next principle is clarity. And we mentioned that before. Um, clarity is, is our commitment to each other um, that we're never going to turn away from a conversation or uh, we're never going to turn away from seeking clarity with each other. Uh, and this was, if you recall, like this was a conversation, like this was these principles were you and I talking about this. So the outside at that moment or what the outside would be at that moment was you and I. And we said, okay, this is the agreement. We're never going to turn away. If something hard comes up, we're going to turn towards it. We're going to face it. And we're going to be in conversation about it. And we're going to be in conversation uh, because that's the way we know to get to clarity. And some of these issues that we're in, uh, issues of race and gender and power and 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 an organization of 18,000 people, right? <laughs> like we, we don't, we may actually not get to definitive clarity, but what we can commit to is that clarity is what we're seeking and we're going to seek it by turning to each other. And, and so as the, as the team has widened, it's certainly turning to the team for clarity. I think you and I don't have, don't try to solve everything. We try to bring a lot to our team and solve it together and up to and including 
and getting clarity with our client. So we were supposed to have a, a call today where I was just like, I, there's no money. I don't know what to do. And you're like, well, let's take it to the client. Let's talk with him. Let's just lay it out for all the things that happen. But that right. So this idea of seeking clarity through turning to each other and being in conversation, whether we get the clarity or not, usually, and this is another, it's just the way we work. At least we'll see the next step. Right. right? At least we'll have enough clarity to move forward. Yeah. And I just love it because it says in here in the principle, it says, um, uh, uh, we're smart about timing, but we do not let things foster and build an underground narrative. We talk a lot. Yeah. Talking is important because of the clarity it leads to. Sometimes that lack clarity comes independently, but we talk to each other about it. So it's not the talking, it's the clarity that's the principle. And I think, again, a few years ago, I would have put conversation in there. Mm, mm, right. Mm-hmm, but it's actually mm-hmm. the clarity that arises out of it, like that comes mm-hmm. out of being in relationship. That's the value. Right. It's not a conversation for the sake of it, right? Love that. So we have a society that serves all here as well as a principle, right? And like, which is this, this aspiration of like, that the, there's a direction to our work, that the steps we take are taken in a direction towards a society that serves all, everybody, right? And we know, we know that to be able to, to, to move in that direction, we have to deal not only with the enormous potential that arises when diverse groups of people come together and try and solve complex challenges, but also the kind of like deep inequity and injustices that exist within our world also have to be faced fully front on and engaged with, you know? And so I think that's that, that piece for us is like, this gives us direction, but it also invites us into like, the enormous potency and the enormous vulnerability of this type mm. of work, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that's a, that's a key piece. And, and I just think something you've always bought choose is like, and in the midst of that, a lot of joy, you know? <laughs> yeah. Right. In the yeah. midst of all of that, a lot of joy, you know? And so again, like contractually, like how are we building, how are we building a legal organizational structure that's like reflective of the society we want to move towards? What does that look like? You know? Yeah, I think when I think about a society, and it's funny because Gabe, our, one of our team members, was like, "Oh, we need to say societies, societies that serve all." And uh, I thought that was great. Like she was already trying to like, exp- like just kind of like push our thinking. Is it one thing or is it multiple things? And um, and I think yeah, when I imagine that, like in my mind's eye, when I think a society or societies that serve all, Tim, I don't. I mean, like yes, I imagine peace, I imagine prosperity, but I actually imagine happiness and joy. That's mm-hmm. actually like the vision in my mind. It's not. I mean, it's not, yes, it's settled and beautiful and all those things, but it's actually dancing and laughing and singing. And like, that's like the image I have. And so um, I think, you know, I want people to hear um, the aspiration that runs through this and it's a deep grounded aspiration, but it's also like an expanding joyful aspiration. Um, and so the, our last principle is around the collective and that's, that's about working together. This is about, you know, like, you know, this, like there's, there, we have to do this together, right? So in the outside, we know that this work requires us to be together across our differences, that that is embedded into the DNA of our organization, how we will be together to get the work done is as important as the work we are doing. And so as an organization, and this will take us, I think, you know, right into the team conversation as an organization, we must embody this idea of collective work 
that working together across difference. We know that it's like, we know that it's right morally, uh, but we also know that it's right in it's, it's a, it's a survival issue Hmm. at this point. It's a survival of the species kind of issue as well. We cannot, um, we can face what's impossible if we do it together. There's no longer can you face that kind of alone. And so as we think about building out this organization in con, if we think about things like contracting, that looks like, you know, fair and equitable contracts across the board of our, um, of our subcontractors. I think as we think about our team, it's also thinking about who is out on our team, right? Not happenstance relationship tends to bring the same kinds of people to us, right? As we are. And so how do we, embody this principle of collective and working together across difference within our team. And so that's been a lot of our focus recently. If we are trying to build, if we're trying to work towards a society that serves all, mm-hmm. right, then we need to be very deliberate about who we're inviting in, you know? And what was it you said? You said recently, I'm just not willing to be part of building a white organization. I actually said, I'm not building a white organization. Yeah. That's not right. what I'm here to do. Right. Um, and so, you know, uh, and let me be really clear, it was a stake in the ground, but it wasn't a stake like against anything. Like it wasn't, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it was actually simply a declaration I felt like I needed to make into the center of our team so that as we begin to, to build our bench, folks know exactly what I, and I think we, you and I are intending, which is not a white organization. That's not what I'm here to do in my, in my life. I'm here to build an organization that actually knows how to work in difference because we are deeply different from each other. And I, and, and, and very explicitly that means racially. And so then you said. Yeah. And how about some men as well? I think is what I said or something along those lines. (laughs) Yeah. And so that's what we're up to. And so we've been actively seeking, I mean, let's Mm -hmm. just be explicit. So we've been out there looking for like, you know, both senior members of our team who are people of color, Mm -hmm. right? You know, but we've also begun to start building out apprentices into the outside, you know? So we've been going out to some of the incredible young people we've been lucky enough to work with over the last 13 years, you know, reaching out to them and saying, where are you at? What are you up to? Would you be interested in coming into the outside and supporting some of our work, you know? And that this isn't uh, uh, this isn't a short term ask, you know. We're not inviting you in for a project. We're inviting you in to be in relationship to the outside over time, you know. And um, and we're, again, we're very deliberately looking out and bringing in young people of color into our organization. And we've not only been talking to young people of color. We've been work, we've been talking to established people of color. Like yeah. I actually want to be really clear because that's another way to kind of maintain the status quo is you bring in junior people, right? And so I guess I just want to be really clear. We're talking. Some of the people we're talking to are young people of color. Some are older and established and and more senior because we wouldn't want to build an organization, yeah. right, that just has the folks of color making less um, it, within the organization. So that is something else that we have our eye to. And I, I want to say, and I said to the team, but I think it's worth saying here, like the our folks are out there. I don't have, they're out there. This isn't like... Um, I believe the folks who will contribute to the outside and make us a, 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 an organization that works in equitable ways, the outsiders are out there. We just have to find them. And so that's kind of what we're, what we're about. Like, yes, we will, we will uh, work with some folks and have apprentices and, and build. Um, but I also believe that 
I, I have a, a very strong belief that who we're seeking is also seeking us. And that, that, that that's part of what's happening right now is we're actively seeking. So I just want to be really clear. We're talking to young folks, but we're also talking to senior folks. Cause I think there's a, there's an inherent limitation in only bringing young folks on that have less experience that we just actually do some recreating. And so that's where we're at, you know? So this kind of like our fundamental principles are influencing and actually, those principles were last updated in November, what we read to you today, as a result of conversations with our team. And the collective principle came out of our team meeting, right? It wasn't something that you and I cooked up right. that were then updated. It was actually born out of our conversations with our team. And, uh, and we're now bringing, you know, building monthly rhythms with our team where we're beginning to build, beginning, beginning to build a crew of outsiders, you know, that are kind of support our work. And we see that growing over time. That's going to increase our capacity to take on more work, mm-hmm. you know, and that there's a culture of how that work gets done. And we're all benefiting from that, both in terms of the resources that are available, but also the the kind of like learning and relationships that are there, you know. Um, so, so these principles are influencing who we're working with. Mm-hmm. They're influencing how we're working with our people internally, and they're, inf- they're influencing the legal structures that we're putting in place in between us mm-hmm. as organizations and individuals, and are actually influencing the very structure of the outside itself as we move from kind of bootstrapping it, you know, into really beginning to institutionalize this thing so it can last, hopefully, for many years to come and be a container within which the you know, we're able to build that step towards a society that serves all, that begins to really start Mm -hmm. helping some of the major institutions and systems in the world transition to a greater sanity, you know, that's rooted in the reality of our times and and not just rooted in the way things have always been done. I think that's exactly right. And I want to bring one more point up before we kind of, I mean, there might be other things, but one more point, um, Because it just harkens back to an earlier podcast we did in season one, where we said we wanted managers of one, right? That that's what we were building as managers of one. Lovely. And I think, uh, I think that's really still true and that we're looking for folks who are self-regulating, self-motivated, can kind of hold or highly competent, highly professional, I think is the word you use and like can kind of hold their shit together in a space. And I think even that is evolving, I think that more and more, yes, we're looking for folks who have the capacity to be managers of one, but are very interested in what the team is and supporting the team and turning in toward the team as well as having their own work. So I think, you know, it'll be, again, people will turn towards us and then turn back out to their own work and do, and that will impact their work. But this idea, I think I can feel it. I feel like we're just weaving something that is, um, far more than individual folks doing really great work to deliver a project. We're actually developing like a weaved fabric um, of of, um, people uh, and work that will take, it's like a, it's like a wide net that will move things forward. And so I'm, that feels most exciting to me when we bring these principles to our team and they work them and then they, uh, you know, and they say things like we, when they talk about the outside, it's so beautiful. And like what we are trying to do here is, you know, when other people are saying that when, um, people are, you know, when Brona's like, well, you know, like when we do this next year, I just like my heart lights up, not because we're building an organization, although I can get really excited about that because I think we're doing good work in the world, but because of the, we we're building between people to do good work in the world. And so just wanted to kind of name that concept of managers of one has been so useful for us. And it's not that it's not happening, but it just feels like we're shifting what that looks like into the future. Mm-hmm. And it's a, it's a 
transition that's worth noting. So we hope this conversation today is helps you, whoever's listening to us, think about like how they how you form your teams, how you build out uh, your organization or your teams or your practices in relationship to others, how that's manifested, not just as a set of principles or practices, but how that's manifested in structures and legality, you know? And so we really hope that us just sharing our story here contributes to whatever you're working on in your world. And you can translate some of what we're offering here into your context and your world. And uh, and we'll continue to do it as time goes by because my goodness, this thing's evolved. <laughs> yes, it is. Right? So songs and poems, songs and poems. Come on, let's do it. So the song I'm going to do, I've been sending, just to be completely transparent, friends, I have been sending Tuesday really intense dance tunes all morning. And she's like, why are you sending me dance tunes so early in the day? Early it's too morning. much. Everybody, everybody calm down. It's, it's so funny. Like I wake up and there's a, there's a song by Tim and I'll, and I'll listen to it. And then it's like, oh my gosh, he's having a party. It's Saturday morning. He's having a party. <laughs> so the song I would like to introduce today is not a dance tune. This song is called Los Ejes de Mi Careta, and it's by Atahualpa Yupanqui. Porque no engraso los ejes, me llaman abandonado. Porque no engraso los ejes, me llaman abandonado. It is a beautiful beautiful piece of music the tone of it the singing in it there's something about it that just relaxes me and makes me feel happy it's a beautiful melodic gorgeousness and just to be clear i like your dancing ones i just have to wait till like 9 a.m to listen that's all yeah, I think that's totally fair. Have you got a poem I for I do, today? I do. So this poem is from the book Milk and Honey, and it's by Rupi Kaur. And uh, she's come to a lot of prominence recently, and her writing is quite spare. I think uh, she might be a Canadian poet. I'm not sure. We'd have to look that up. But Rupi Kaur, and it's called um, To All Young Poets. Your art is not about how many people like your work. Your art is about if your heart likes your work, if your soul likes your work. It's about how honest you are with yourself. And you must never trade honesty for relatability. Yeah, I, I love that. It's just like, you know, it's one of those things that I think poetry does is for me, it's like whatever the poem is about, the underlying message I need to hear obviously is like, follow your own compass, right? Whatever words flow out of your heart, whatever, you know, whether it makes sense to anyone else, whatever it is like you put down on that paper, it's, it's based on your compass. I feel like that's a really important one that, that she brings a lot. Thanks, Juice. All right. 
That's it for this episode of Find the Outside the Podcast. Make sure to subscribe subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find podcasts. New episodes of the podcast are available every second Tuesday. If you'd like to get in touch with us about something you heard on the show, you can reach us at podcast at findtheoutside.com. You can find links to any of the resources, poems, books, songs we mentioned during the show in the show notes for this episode over at findtheoutside.com slash podcast or in the description for the podcast in the podcast app you're listening to us on. You can find the song, the gorgeous song, we played in today's show and every song we've ever played in previous show on the playlist over at Spotify. I'm just going to say, I think this is possibly one of the most outrageously awesome resources that we share at the outside. Just search Find the Outside on Spotify playlists or you can find a link over at findtheoutside.com backslash podcast. This episode was edited and produced by Mark Coffin at Soundgood Studio. Theme music for Find the Outside podcast is by Gary Blakemore. Take care, folks. Thanks so much.